Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be at Radiant Church today. Is there anybody else that's pumped to be at church today? We are one church in four locations, our St. Petersburg location in Brandon and um, Heights and here in South Tampa, and now our online location, which we are treating you guys as an online location. We have people joining us from all over. I was actually stopped in Brandon the other day um, by a lady, and she came up to me and she said, oh, you're Aaron Burke. She's like, "Um, we attend the Brandon location, but throughout the pandemic, we've been home and we've been with our family, but I want you to know that um, about a month ago, we were watching the service, and at the end of the message, uh, you gave an opportunity for people to give their lives to the Lord, and my nine-year-old son in our living room raised his hand, committed his heart to Jesus. I don't know about you, people are being reached through our online experience, so come on, give God better praise than that, it's pretty awesome. All right, we're in a brand new series, so called Happy Hour. Now, depending on your experience with Happy Hour, you might have thought they're going to be having drinks and you got your business card ready to do some networking. We're not doing that today, okay? But what we are going to do is we're going to help you experience some joy. So if you have your uh, Radiant app there, you can find the notes there. If you're attending in person, which you can reserve your seat every week on Thursday night until Sunday, um, if you're attending in person, you got paper notes again today, which was by request. So um, I hope you guys uh, will follow along with our notes. And here's the idea of this series is that I just truly believe that Christians should be the happiest, most joyful people in the world. I mean, it doesn't mean that we don't have problems. It means despite our problems, we understand that we, what has happened to us is so much greater than what the world can do to us. What's happened to us is that God has saved us. God has redeemed us. He's forgiven us of our past. He's cleansed us of our sins. Are there any joyful Christians in the house today believing that, man, we should be a little happy? But, but I realize that throughout this season, throughout this pandemic, we've all had those moments where sadness has crept in and some depression and d- despair. So I want to help, as David says in Psalm 51, 12, I want to help restore to you the joy of your salvation. Let you experience the joy that comes with being a Christian. So we're going to have a blast over this month, we're going to laugh a lot together. There'll be a lot, a lot of fun things happening. There's photo booths at all of our locations, so take some fun pictures out there. But this actually first message was not what I intended to preach during uh, this series for the first message. I wanted to preach it later on, but I realized it is such a hot topic right now that if we don't address it, then uh, you will never experience the happiness and joy that God wants you to experience in your life. So if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down because I want to teach you today. And here's the statement about choosing to be unoffendable. Choosing to be unoffendable. Have you realized that we're in a world that is very easily offended? How about this? Not our world is easily offended. We are all very easily offended during this season. It's crazy. It seems like my whole job right now, my whole life right now is navigating who's offended this week. Who's upset today? Who's angry now? It seems like every group, every, every kind of demographic have had their days where they're just, they're just, they're just offended. You're wearing a mask, I'm offended. You're not wearing a mask, I'm offended. You you, you want the schools to open up, I'm offended. 
You want schools to stay closed and you want me to keep my kids? No way, I'm offended by that. You want the church to open up? Man, I have so many people. Are you serious? You're gonna open up the, for gathering? I'm offended. And then when we had to shut the, uh, the, the in-person gatherings down in March, you know how many people wrote me? I'm offended. Where's your faith during this season? And man, you put a black box on your Instagram, I'm offended. You put a black box with a blue line, I'm offended about that. You, you sit there and uh, you're, you voted Republican, I'm offended. You voted Democrat, I'm, a, I'm offended. You just, we're so offended. You want a stimulus package, I'm offended. You don't want the stimulus package, I'm offended. You, it just, it's a season, you didn't call me back, you didn't write me fast enough, you didn't text me, you didn't talk talk about my new outfit. I'm offended. You're offended. We're all offended right now. So and I think in our world today, we got to learn to choose to be unoffendable in a very offended world. Proverbs says it this way, good sense. What a great phrase right there. Good sense makes one slow to anger. Say slow to anger. Oh, you got to slow down a little bit. You're getting angry too quick. You're jumping there to get a response real too, way too quick. You're, you're texting back a little too fast. Slow down. And look what it says. This phrase is the game changer of the whole message. Ready? It is to his glory to overlook an offense. Now, look at that word his right there. Is it a capital H or is it a little h? It's a little case h, okay? You know what that means? If it was a capital H, it would be to God's glory for you not to be offended. But it's not to God's glory for you not to be offended. You know what he's saying? It's to your benefit, to your uh, credit for you not to be offended. So if you want to be happy this month, you want to go into this next season better than you, what you just came out of, then you've got to realize it is to your glory to learn to be unoffended in a very offensive world. So I'm going to give you today over the next few minutes, something I've never done before, I'm calling it my top 10 reasons why it is to your glory to be unoffendable. So I'm gonna run through these very quick, but I need you to get all 10 of them down. And here's why, because sometime this next week, Someone's gonna do something, someone's gonna post something, and you're gonna wanna react, you're gonna wanna get offended, and then you're gonna remember, oh, point number three. Point number seven. Oh, remember what Aaron said. You'll finally get it after 10 points. Are you ready? Say yeah. All right, number one, offended, unoffendable people have more free time. If you'll learn to be unoffendable, you'll just have so much more free time. Why? Think of option number one. Here's option number one, ready? You get home, it's about five o'clock, maybe 5.10, you jump on Facebook. And at 5.10, you've jumped on Facebook and you see a status by Fred. Fred is different than you. Fred is kind of the opposite thinking that you would have. And Fred posts something that really, really bothers you. It offended you. You know what he said is wrong. So 5.11, you've decided to craft a really compelling statement that you're gonna post on Fred's status about how he is so wrong. You've crafted it, you're ready to go. 5.12, you press submit, and it is there. You're so excited. At 5.15, you get an alert on your phone that Fred's friend, Sandy, has responded and replied to your status. Well, you were supposed to go to dinner with the family. You're on pause on that. You're back at your computer because you wanna see what in the world is this girl who you don't even know is gonna say about what she wrote on there. 
You spend there from 5.15 to 5.30. You're debating on how to respond to Sandy. You're so upset about it. You decide instead of leaving it alone, you decide to write her back. Well, that engages in an hour discussion between you two back and forth. Your wife called, hey, dinner's ready. We're all sitting now. No, 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 no. Dinner is postponed right now. I've got a war that I'm in. I'm going to resolve this. Spend that time going back and forth. Finally, you release it and you go to dinner with the family. But the entire time at dinner, you're thinking this thing over. About 20 minutes into dinner, the epiphany comes on. You have the moment where you go, I remember what I should have said to Sandy and Fred. It's the drop the mic moment. I'm going to shut them down. You leave dinner. It's about 7 o'clock now. You go to the computer and you go to spread status and he's deleted it. Fighting words, Fred. I was ready to shut y'all down. So now instead of responding to Fred, you decided, I know what to do. I'll just create my own status. And I'll be able to present my case without saying Fred's name. And I'll take that and I'll do it. And you present your status. You're all excited. And you spend from 7.30 until 10.30 at night going back and forth to people about how you are correct in this issue. And you're in constant fights. And by the time you go to get to bed at night, you've lost friends. People have unfriended you. You've exhausted your energy. And you've neglected your family. That's option number one. Option number two, ready? Lean in for this. It's 510, you've opened up the computer. You see Fred's ignorant status. You are upset about Fred. 511, you've thought of all the ways that Fred is wrong and what you can say that's right. At 512, you have shut the computer because you realize no response to Fred is going to change his mind. I don't know what Fred's motives are. I don't see his facial expressions. I don't see the tone of his voice. So maybe I'm misreading this. You shut the computer. You have dinner with your family. You enjoy a good movie night with the kids. And you have more free time. Why? Because you are choosing to be unoffendable. Can I hear a good amen today? What a better option. The Bible says it like this in Ephesians, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Some of your Facebook friends, they're evil. Therefore, look at the Bible says, don't be foolish. What a great thing to underline right there. Do not be foolish. <laughs> Understand what the Lord's will is. Well, Aaron, you go, well, I don't know what the Lord's will is. What do I fight for? And what do I not fight for? What do I get offended about? What do I not get? Here's what I've realized in my life. Whenever I'm in doubt, don't. That's a great one right there. How do you know if it's something worth fighting for? This is justice. Well, then fight for it. But when in doubt, you know the, the arguments, the foolish arguments, the, the, the things that are not going to change people's minds. Just don't get engaged in it. Learn to free up your time by being unoffendable. Number two, unoffendable people are well rested. I love that one. Have you ever been really mad at someone and they didn't know it? You go to bed at night and you're, you're tossing and turning. I'm having dreams about how I'm so angry at this person. Wake up in the morning, my eyes are all bloodshot. You see that person at work, they walk in, they've got a coffee in their hand, birds are chirping. They're all happy. They slept great. They didn't even know you were mad at them. You lost all your sleep. Why? Because you are offended. That's why the Bible says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Katie and I use this in our marriage. Listen, we're not going to go to bed mad at each other. First couple of years, we would go days without sleeping because we are not going to let the sun go <laughs> That's a joke. 
We're gonna make our, we're gonna make sure that we, we don't live in anger and offense. Here's, here's why, write it down. Anger and rest are always at odds. You can't go, you can't go um, and have peace in your life when you're at odds with other people, when you're at anger with other people. So what do you do? You just let it go, you release it, you become unoffendable, you'll sleep better at night. Number three, ready? Unoffendable people have better relationships. We all have that friend, don't we? that has to have the talk with you all the time. Oh, doesn't it bother you? Oh, you t- Aaron, the way you said this, the way you responded, I, I wish you would have done this better. I, I've, all had, I've had those friends throughout the year and they'll come into my life and then I realize going, oh man, I really like you. I just don't like how offended you always get. You can't have good relationships when you always get offended. By the way, if, 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 if Sarah is offended at Fred, and Sarah is offended, I'm really picking on Fred today. Sarah is offended at Michael, and Sarah is offended at George, and Sarah is offended at Jessica. Let me tell you who the issue is. It's Sarah. By the way, you're the issue. So if, if you have all these problems with everybody else, it's probably because you're just easily offended. So what do we do about it? Here's what we do. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4, 8, above all, love each other, I love this word, deeply. Here's what that means, because love covers a multitude of sins. Have a deep love for people. In other words, not a surface relationship, a deep love. Deep love is going to look past the the actions into the intentions. A deep love is going to care more about the person than what they did to you. A deep love is going to not nitpick at all the issues. You see, I realize with our marriage, Katie and I, this next, uh, in a few weeks, August the 14th, Katie and I will be married for 10 years, celebrating 10 years. Guys, that's a big deal. We are what you would call experts at marriage right now. No, we're not experts. But, um, 10 years of marriage. And in 10 years of marriage, we have learned that when we are fighting over dumb things, and don't say you don't do that in your marriage. We all do. We all get to this point where we nitpick and we argue about stupid things. And it might not be you and your spouse. This might be you and your roommate. It might be you and your coworkers. You're getting to like little things. Man, it just bothers me they do this. Most of the time when I'm doing this and I'm nitpicking about little things, it's because my love for that person is low. So I realized that in my marriage, I'm like, oh man, I'm pointing out all this stuff because of a lack of true, real love in this. So instead of focusing on the issues, focus on the love. Maybe, just maybe, if the love grows, then it's, the goal in your marriage is not to remove all issues. There will always be issues because humans are involved. The only way for you to grow in your marriage and enjoy it is not to remove issues, but to grow in love. When you grow in love, love covers a multitude of those issues and you just don't get as upset anymore. So you got to learn how to just love them better. Take them on dates. Go on a vacation. Use a time to invest in that relationship. Why? Because if you love them more, you won't get offended nearly as much. Which, by the way, that is why a lot of our issues are on social media right now. Because we are offended about people that we have no relationship with. So we're, we're getting so mad about what they say, but we don't know who they are. If you knew who they were, you wouldn't get nearly as upset. That's a whole other message. Number four, unoffendable people uh, trust God to avenge them. Now, I don't like this because I want to take control. I like to be in charge. But what you realize is that God is your father and you are his son or his daughter. And you have two options when somebody hurts you. You either take the control yourself and avenge yourself. 
You, you comment back, you write back, you, you write them a letter, you, you tell everybody, you gossip about them at work, or you let God avenge them. Now, I just want you to know, God can deal with your enemies and the people that have hurt you way better than you can. He can. He can deal with it way better than you can. I was at the pool the other day with my kids, and my son Kai is three, and Kai thinks he's a dinosaur. So that's just like his life right now. He's running around everywhere. He's roaring at you. If he roared at you today at church, I'm sorry. He uh, thinks he's a dinosaur. So he's running around with this like eight-year-old kid who the eight-year-old, I don't think, knew that this kid was playing with him. Kai was playing with him. But the kid's kind of running from Kai, and Kai's growling at him, roaring at him. And the kid gets annoyed because he probably wants to play with people like his age and doesn't want to play dinosaurs with this little kid. So he turns around to my son and right in front of me at the pool, and he pushes him down. Well, Daddy Burke steps up to the plate. Like, he, like I, I'm seeing my son getting, you know, getting pushed down by an eight-year-old kid, and, and so I, I kind of get a little upset. So I get to my feet and walk to the edge of the pool, and I had my shirt off. Now, I didn't have my shirt off before this instance, but I was gonna make sure this kid knew what he was messing with, so I had my, you know, I'm ready to go. And I, I just step up to this edge of this little splash pad they're all playing out, and I just kind of look at like, Kai, Kai, are you okay? You okay? Yeah. Oh, and he looks at me and says, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And then the guy, the older kid, looked at me, and I'm like, hey, hey, y'all, y'all be nice. Don't, we're not going to be playing like that. And he looks at me, oh, 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 sorry. And I'm ready to like, I'll show him who's boss. I'll take him out. And then I had the epiphany. I'm a pastor. <laughs> I, I can't be in the newspaper for this. Like my, my whole thing is if I'm going to be in the newspaper, it's because I took out the ad. So uh, this isn't going to be my thing. So I, I decided to sit down and let it go. But I feel that same tension that that's what our father feels in heaven. When you're mistreated, when you're abused, when you're neglected, when you're offended, I want you to know this. If they've hurt you, you have a heavenly father who's seated on his throne, who stands up and says it like this. This is Romans chapter 12. Listen to this. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Republicans and Democrats. Liberals and conservatives. Every race. Every background. And it says, don't take revenge. My, My dear friends, he goes, leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. And I want to remind someone in here today that is looking for payback. You don't need to give payback. You need to sit there and rely and trust on your heavenly father. He's got your back. He will avenge you. You give it enough time. You'll see how you've succeeded and they have it because you have God's favor on your life. Come on, give them better praise than that. Amen. Number five, unoffendable people love God's word. I learned this one the really hard way. I was at McDonald's when I was uh, working there. As soon as I got saved at 16 years old, I was working at McDonald's. And I was so, I would get so offended all the time. So I was offended by these coworkers. So I went to go vent to a youth leader at the church. She's an older lady in the church, godly woman. And I went there and I was like, I cannot believe they did this, these coworkers. And I can't believe the manager did this. And she stopped me. She's like, Aaron, you seem like you're really upset. I am upset. She's like, you're offended. I'm like, I am offended. I can't believe they would do this to me. And she's like, well, how's your uh, Bible reading going? How's your Bible plan going? How's, how's it going in your devotional life? What does that have to do with anything? She's like, well, I, just, I think you're probably offended because you're not enjoying your time in God's word. And I said, well, I'm offended. You just said that. 
I can't believe you would say that to me. Like, that's, that's, that's too much. She's like, no, no, no. She said, let me prove it to you in scripture. Psalms 119 says it this way. Great peace have they which love thy law. They love God's word. Here's why. Because nothing shall offend them. So if you find yourself easily getting offended, it's mostly because there's a low amount of God's word in your life. That is why we're encouraging people for the next 21 days to take time every single day and to pray and to read God's word. Why? Because when you get into God's word, it becomes alive and you see the character of God. And when you look at his word, you get transformed into his character and you realize God is not offended about the things that I'm offended about. These things are temporary, small issues. Our God is an eternal God that's in control. I'm not going to be offended because I love God's word. Can I hear a good amen today? All right, number six says it this way. Undefendable people are compassionate. My wife is so compassionate. If you haven't got the chance to meet Katie, she's so compassionate. She's always feeling. She's a feeler. Um, You know, we can't even watch movies together most of the time because she just cries. She cries. So anytime I try to vent to her, she's always got a reason why the other person's right. It drives me nuts. I'm like, can you believe they did this? Can you believe they wrote this about the church? Well, Aaron, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what's happening. You know, I'll complain about some, you know, something in staff, one of our staff. And I, I can't believe they said this. Well, Aaron, I think I've heard you say that before. <laughs> that's terrible. I didn't want to, uh, that's not why I married you. So you say this stuff, all right? Ecclesiastes, this verse is so crazy. Ecclesiastes 7, 21 says, don't pay attention to every word people say. Don't, don't read every status. <laughs> don't, don't go through and re- look at every news conference. Like, don't do that. You may hear your servant cursing you. You may hear something that will offend you. And then it says this, for you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. Many times you've done it to other people. That's what we realize. You're compassionate when people offend you because you understand that hurt people always hurt people. So it's always the people, the person that made you a victim, by the way, is themselves a victim. Maybe they're a victim of their circumstances. They're a victim of bad parents. They're a victim of sin issues and addictions in their life. But if you've ever been hurt, I want you to know, it's because they themselves have been hurt. So what do you do? You walk with compassion saying, I'm going to love people. I'm going to care for people because I realize there's more to the story than just that one uh, little tweet that they put out. I'm going to look at them with compassion. Number seven, unoffendable people are creative. I'm not a creative guy. I am, um, I'm not really good at home decor. Um, that's not my thing. If you've been around Radiant for a little bit of time, our South Tampa location where we broadcast from is an old movie theater. So when we got the lease or a couple of years into planning the church, we uh, took over and I was so excited because one of the rooms, I wanted to make it into a room for our toddlers, our little kids. And we were out of space, so I took one of the theaters, and the theaters have like this big slope that goes down and had all these like green, ugly chairs in it. If you remember those old days, um, they were terrible. And so I was like, I'm so excited. The facility's now ours. So I went in, I hired some people off the road, which was not a good idea, and I brought them in, and I said, y'all need to rip out all these chairs. They ripped out all the chairs. And then I hired a painter because I saw that we had these green curtains that went around. If you remember the old theaters, they were so gross. The green curtains that went all the way around. And so I was like, the green curtains are so bad. Can you paint these curtains? And the guy's like, 
I don't know if I've ever done this. I was like, you just spray paint on them. You'll be fine. And I was like, I want it to look white in here. I want white walls. And he's like, I'm sure if you pay me, I'll do it. So hired this random guy. He spray painted our, our curtains, which by the way, a few years after that, uh, a fire marshal came in and we were walking around the facility with him. And he's like, hey, are these curtains painted? I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> Why? He was like, I've never seen anybody do it. That's, that's not only ugly, but it is a terrible fire hazard. I'm like, I know. This theater, I can't believe it. Anyway, we changed all that. So then, then, I, then we need a carpet on the ground. So there was an Adamo on the road there going to Brandon. And, um, and so there's a, a, a carpet liquidator right there. They had a huge roll of carpet just on the side of the street. I drove up and it said 50% off. I was like, that's our carpet. I brought it to the church. And I remember people, the team members of the church were like, Aaron, this doesn't match anything. This is the ugliest carpet ever. I'm like, that's our carpet. We're putting it in there. We rolled it out. We were so excited for the big reveal of our new kid's space that had these like little baby gates in there. The kids go in there. We didn't realize the slope would actually be really bad for them. And so there's kids during the entire service just rolling down the slope. They learned nothing about Jesus that day and they haven't had injuries, everything. It was, it was not good. Creativity is not my thing, but what I have had to learn, and if you're going to be an unoffendable person, you've got to be, learn to be creative in figuring out ways to be unoffendable. The Bible says it this way, make an allowance for other people's faults. In other words, figure out ways that maybe I can just, I'm not seeing this right. I, I wrote it down in my notes this way. It takes creativity to give people the benefit of the doubt. So it's easy to jump to conclusions. It's very easy, and here's why. Because you always judge yourself by your intentions and you always judge other people by their, inner, by their um, actions. So what you're doing is you're looking at their actions and you're, you're forgetting all of their intentions. And I would encourage you, come up with some creativity of how maybe, just maybe, I'm not seeing this the right way. So I have a friend of mine who's a pastor and he's always posting controversial stuff that just bothers me most of the time. But anyway, he posted this thing the other day that was just this quote, and it was stupid, and it was dumb, and it was about Billy Graham. So now, if you don't know who Billy Graham is, Billy Graham was like the evangelist of the 20th century. I mean, preached to people all over the globe. He just went home to be with Jesus a few years ago. So, and he, he, was, he was knocking something that was totally wrong, totally crazy, about Billy Graham's integrity. So this guy posts this thing on there, and I'm sitting there going, that is the most divisive, dumbest thing ever you could post. So I had this whole thing, and I'm, I'm having this moment as I'm writing this sermon. How many know, many times when, <laughs> when you're going to speak it to other people, God reveals it in your own life? So I'm sitting there and having this whole moment where I had all these chances to get offended over the last month as I'm creating this message. And so I'm having this whole thing going, okay, I need to be creative about the fact. I, I just, I'm, I must be looking at this wrong. And I thought, maybe, maybe he had a neighbor growing up named Billy Graham. Maybe his neighbor was crazy. Maybe, maybe, maybe he, he's talking about a different Billy Graham. There's got to be a lot of them out there today. And, and he's talking about a different one. Or maybe he's talking about the Billy Graham, but someone dubbed over some stuff and, and showed it to him. And he was just given wrong information. I want to be creative. Why? Because I refuse to let it ruin my day. Do something that bothers me to such a way that I carry around that offense. Unoffendable people, you know what they do? They are creative. Number eight. Eight. Ready? Unoffendable people, they have better prayer times. You ever tried to pray and be mad at the same time with people? 
your prayers totally, they get sidetracked. Jesus, I love you. Thank you for this day. Oh, give that person a sickness. God, I can't believe it. They're bothering me. Oh, God. It's terrible. Lord, I just, you're, you're, you're sitting there. Oh God, I just thank you for this day. Oh, please don't let them show up for work today. Oh, what if they do show up for work today? What if I have to see them in the hallway? What if we're, we're next to each other at the fountain? Oh man, it's good. You, you, can't, you can't focus. That's why Jesus, Jesus himself taught it this way. Matthew 5, therefore, if you're offering a gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, here's what I want you to do. Don't even finish church is what he says. Don't give up yet. But he said, don't even finish. Don't even finish your prayer time. Go and, and first leave and go from there and, and reconcile to them. Resolve the issue. Get the offense out and then come and offer your gift. In other words, resolve that thing in your heart because you can't. Here's what I wrote down in my notes this way. I cannot be in communion with God and confrontation with man at the same time. There's a lot of people and you're in a lot of confrontation with man and you wonder why you're disconnected with God. It's because you're spending way, way too much time on Facebook and not enough time in God's book. You're spending way too much in confrontation instead of in communion. You're spending so much time worrying about what people are saying instead of worshiping Jesus. Put your attention back on him. Be unoffendable. And I promise you, you'll have better prayer times the next 21 days. Here's number nine, unoffendable people. They are witness to the lost world that we're in. The world's going to look at you and they're going to say stuff like this. How do you talk so nicely about your ex? You don't, you don't gossip about that person. That boss lets you go. Why don't you talk negative about them? I saw them post that status. I know you saw it. Did you, why didn't you respond that way? Why did you respond in such love? They're going to look at, the world is watching the church right now, and sadly, there's very little difference between the division in the world and the division in the church. We should do better. We could be a witness to the lost and broken world, because guess what our response is going to be? It's going to be Ephesians chapter 4. Here's why I'm kind and compassionate to one another. You know what I do? I forgive each other just as Christ forgave me. So why am I so kind to everybody else? Because there's no way I could be offended by them because I know my actions have offended God, but he didn't let that, um, he didn't let that come into the equation when he saved my life. And because God saved me, I'm not going to live in offense towards other people. You want to be unoffendable, you make a decision to say, you know what? I'm going to be a witness to the world around me, and they're going to watch. Let me just say this. They're going to watch not just how you respond. They're going to watch when you don't respond when they think you should. They're going to watch what you don't post also. Let's be a witness to the world. Number 10, we'll close it with this one. Unoffendable people are happy. I know you're in a mask, but just smile really big. You're happy. You're going to walk out of here so happy in just a few minutes. You're watching this message. You're going to be so happy. Someone shared this with you. You're, you're going to be so happy after this. Why? Because you're just going to live in so much freedom. You're going to live in so much freedom. You're not, you're not looking backwards and moving forwards at the same time. You've let it go. You've released it. This is why 2 Timothy says it this way. Paul's writing and he says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. That's right there in the Bible. He was talking about our season in 2020 for sure. Because here's what they do. They produce quarrels. You know what that means? They produce divisions, strife. But also, you know what I think it means? They produce quarrels inside of our own selves. Unrest, frustration, worry, anxiety, depression. 
You get all this stuff because you're involved in foolish and stupid arguments. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everybody, even if they vote for Joe Biden or even if they vote for Donald Trump. That's what the Bible says. Everyone. Everyone includes everybody. And must be able to teach and not resentful. They're not resentful because they wore a mask or they didn't wear a mask or their business opened or their business didn't open. We're, we're not in that game. Why? Because we have learned to live a life unoffendable, no matter what's done to us. Now, let me close with this. Proverbs chapter 19, the verse we started with. Good sense makes one slow to anger. Say slow to anger. And it is to his glory to overlook an offense. That word overlook is from two different Hebrew words. It means to bypass or to go around or to simply go, uh, go above that thing. So it's the same word that's used in Exodus, the book of Exodus, when the children of Israel are in bondage and they're in slavery in Egypt. So God sends plagues to get them out. And so y'all know the story, sends frogs and, and locusts and all these kind of things. And, and, and the people's hearts are hardened. They're not letting God's people go. So what happens is the very last plague is the worst plague. And it's a plague where it's going to come through the land. It's going to go every single home. And it's going to kill one child in each home. It's terrible. The only way around it is that you would have to take a lamb and you'd have to sacrifice the lamb and you'd put the lamb on the doorpost of your house. And that basically said, listen, listen, I belong to God. Uh, the sacrifice has been made. I don't, I don't, this, this isn't for me. And what would happen is that plague would then bypass, would pass over your home. So that's where the word comes from. It, it was, that's what happened in that story. So it's the same thing that happened in your life. When we deserved God's judgment, we lived in rebellion towards him. But then we made a commitment to give our life to Christ because of the great sacrifice that he's paid. What happens is his blood that he sacrificed on the cross is applied to our life. So when God looks at us, he no longer sees us as a sinner, as a failure, as someone who is in rebellion. He sees us through the blood of Jesus and his judgment is passed over our life. The exact same word. So how we've offended God, God overlooks our offense just as we are supposed to do to other people. So you know what this means to me is that I'm going to look at people a little bit different. Because of what Jesus has done to me, I want to look that exact same way to other people. Now, I've told this to people before, and here's everybody's response. One more minute, we're done. People will say this, Aaron, you make it too light. You say things like, get creative, become Joanna Gaines when it comes to figuring out people's intentions. And, and it's, it's, you make it too easy. Don't respond to this. Step. Aaron, you're looking at the world through rose colored glasses. Have you ever had that statement made to you? Oh, you're looking at it too like rose colored glasses. You're seeing everything too great. And my response is this. I don't see the world through rose colored glasses. I see the world through blood covered glasses. You know what this means? I see the world in a way that I'm not looking at people at what they've done. 
I'm looking at people through the lens of what Jesus did for me. Because Jesus' blood was shed for me. Because he went to the ultimate sacrifice for me. I'm gonna live a life looking at it going, well, it doesn't matter what they've done. It's not nearly as crazy as what God did for me. So I want us today to make a declaration together. You know what, they hurt you. Look at it through the lens of what Jesus did. They offended you. Look at it through the lens of what Jesus did. He, they, you, they asked for your forgiveness. You should give it because Jesus forgave you. I want us to stand to our feet right now and I want us to make this declaration. I feel like, I like this look. This is like a, a Elton John look. <laughs> That's funny. Now you're never gonna be able to take this serious, all right? Here's the statement I want you to make, ready? Because the world's gonna try to offend you. They're gonna try to hurt you, but you're gonna look at them through the grace that's been given to your life. And it says it this way, because of the grace that I have been given and I've been extended, I refuse to be offended. Because of the grace that I have been extended, I refuse to be offended. So people can write about me. I'm gonna look at it through the lens of what Jesus did for me. People can hurt me. I'm gonna look at it through the lens of what Jesus did for me. People can leave me. It's okay. I'm gonna look at it through the lens of what Jesus did for me. You ready to make the declaration? Let's say it out loud. Let's say it together. Put it up there on the screen one more time. Because of the grace I have been extended, I refuse to be offended. One more time. Because of the grace I have been extended, I refuse to be offended. Let's sing it out. Come on, guys. online this is a moment of real breakthrough for two different groups of people the first one is a group of people you don't know God you don't have that relationship with him maybe you had it in your past and you've kind of walked away and you've done your own thing I want you to know God loves you he's extending his grace to you today he's saying come back home give me your life give me your sin give me your past and I want you to know Jesus wants to forgive you he wants to apply the sacrifice he made that blood that was shed on the cross to your life so that all that that judgment that wrong that 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 stuff that you deserve it'll pass right over you why because you have received the grace of God and the forgiveness of your sins you can experience that today how do you do it you make a simple yet significant decision to release your life to Jesus and when you do God will change your heart right here in the service if that's you on the count of three I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand wave it at me maybe you're um, watching later. Maybe you're experiencing this at our 5 p.m. or sometime in, um, later in the future. This is your moment to submit your life to the Lord and make a bold decision saying, yeah, I'm ready to give him my life. If that's you today, on the count of three, throw that hand up, wave at me, put it right back down. One, two, three, all over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just pray this prayer. Say, God, I give you my past. I give you my sin. I surrender my life to you. Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. I want to live the rest of my life following you, following your plan and your purpose. And I give it to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. 
how with every eye closed and every head bowed still, there's another group in here today and I wanna close with this. And you're offended. Maybe you're offended with a friend, maybe you're offended with your, your spouse and you're offended with uh, the church or you're offended with the government. You're, you're just offended. And the enemy's tactic on your life is always destruction. And the way he wants to destroy your life is he wants to divide it. And the way he divides it is he plants seeds of offense. And some of you guys need to let it go today. You go, Aaron, I've got some offense in my life. I need to release it. I want you to make a bold decision right now to say, yeah, I've got something that I'm offended about. Maybe it's from 20 days ago or 20 years ago. I want to release it to the Lord today and I want to let it out of my life. Would you throw one hand up? Come on, all over this place. I know there's most of us. Yes, throw that one hand up. Just a bold decision. Yes, I'm, I'm making that decision to, to release that offense. Now make an act of faith and throw that other hand up and surrender. Say, Jesus, we release that offense to you. I release that pain, that hurt. I know it really happened. God, but I release it to you. Lord, I don't know their intentions. I don't know their, their, their past. I don't know their struggles. But today, I decide to move forward to what you've called me to do. Free from offense, free from anger, free from bitterness, free from resentment. And I will be happy and joyful because of what you have done for me. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, give God your best praise for what he did today. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.